I'm going to say for number three, who's going to be you? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> wait, who's you? So, so, choose. You. So, so, lose. Maria, you must be a J-Lo fan. That's like what's happening here. Okay, now it all makes sense. Because there's no way. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's so, so true. I'm a storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HLS in the building, me and Boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. Oh my goodness, everybody. It's me again, So So Drew, in the building. I don't even understand the third place on this one. Like, no, actually, there, there's not really many lists. Maybe one time I felt like I deserved third, but this one, I really did not deserve third place. And I can't even believe what happened and how I am here on Make It Make Sense. So we had a topic. We had no idea what the topic was maybe halfway throughout the show because we kept mispronouncing it. <laughs> you know, back to HLS. I don't understand. We give him the reins and then we all confused, but it was L-A-D for love after divorce. And we had the lovely Miss Maria Romano uh, on the show who I met at the podcast convention over in Las Vegas. And uh, she was an excellent guest, although I feel like she might've been misguided. So I'm gonna go ahead and get into my list. My list at number five, I had leave the ring at home because you didn't want to bring the baggage. We didn't want the new person to feel like you were still stuck on the old person. At number four, I had follow your gut. Because the first time around, you followed your heart and look where it got you, divorced. At number three, we said hobbies. And that's what's different from HLS's happiness. I got into specifics because I'm trying to give you the keys for happiness. So go back to your hobbies. Number two, because you got divorced, you built a wall. It's natural that you built a wall. But now you got to open the door for love to be able to receive love. And at number one, number one was a whole switch up for me because I cannot even believe the statistics that was being brought to me about divorce and then getting married again and divorced again. And I put number one as money. Divorce comes at a big cost, okay? And and we're going to talk statistics. And my first statistics is couples spend an average of $7,000 to dissolve their union. 7000 is the average. So if you get divorced once, and then it rises up to 65, 70%. You get divorced twice. Hey, that, that's 14 in the bag right there. Who has 14K to just give around? So for this make it make sense, I had to recruit an expert. Ah, so I scoured the world and I found the Miss Lovely Allison Jane. And I just want to welcome Allison to the show. Welcome, 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 Allison. I'm Thanks so for having me. I'm happy to be here too. Yes, 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 yes. So, Allison, did you get an opportunity to listen to this episode? I did. I listened to the whole thing. Nice. And what was your thoughts? Um, my thoughts were that I thought your guests have excellent points. I think a lot of what she was saying, I'm actually in alignment with around dating after divorce. And I thought the lists were all had their strengths. Now, here's the big key about this alignment that you speak yeah. of. Do you agree with our guests? Do I belong here in third place? <laughs> well, so 
sure, but I think that the money probably is what tanked you, if I had to guess. Wow, <laughs> tank me. So that's great. Like I want us to get into okay. it. So of course, after this episode, I mean, this was one of the more shocking episodes for me. I legit was jaw dropped in the middle of the episode as she's spitting these things out. I'm like, man, this is tough. So most of my resources from the statistics that I'm getting, it is from Forbes magazine, all right? And this is kind of the things that they put out there. So they said that the average marriage lasts about eight years. So Allison, have you been married? I have been married, yes. Okay, and have you been divorced? I have been divorced. Okay, so one, can I play a little- One seat. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I said just one seat. Just, just, okay, okay, okay. Now- let me ask you, or can I play a game of over and under? Sure. All right, so they said the average marriage age is eight years. I have the over for you. Your marriage lasted over eight years. True or false? True. True. Okay. How long did it last? 17 years. 17 years. Oh, what? What? You like doubled the average. You <laughs> I'm kind of surprised to hear that average, but I guess there's probably a lot of like two, three years that brings them down, that brings it down, right? The yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely some like, probably those Vegas weddings, you know, those exactly. Vegas weddings are definitely all... <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Now, the next statistics that I found was about big weddings. Hmm. If you have a big wedding, you end up with a big divorce rate. So couples who have an elaborate wedding are at greater risk for divorce. So I'm going to play another game with you. I am going to guess, hmm, I'm not sure about this one. I'm going to say you had an elaborate wedding. True or false? False. False. Okay. So tell us about your wedding. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I'm like, I, I think I would count it false. It was, we had about 120 people. Okay. But we also paid for it ourselves and we were in our 20s and we didn't have a lot of money. So it was a shoestring budget wedding for sure. Nice. <laughs> in Chicago, which is not exactly a shoestring budget friendly place. Not so yeah, we did the best that we could. <laughs> not at all. So people, I've been keeping you my update on me moving around. So I just moved into the Chicago area here, oh. right? Yes, just, just moved into this area and looking for a place to live. Right now, I'm hotel living, dealing with hotel internet. So I don't even know if this is going to come out okay. So this is kind of what I've been, been dealing with since I've been out here in Chicago. I thought it was going to be, well, I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure the cold is coming. Today, it's going to be a little bit 65. So I'm kind of like, hey, I'm going to take this in and right. be, be happy with what I got. Fall we've had in a long time, yeah. So yeah, okay, coming. so the frozen tundra is coming. Is oh what yeah, you're saying. and after okay. Thanksgiving, it's coming. I just looked at right. it. Oh, okay, <laughs> right, so right around the corner. All right, I gotta go make sure I go get my long johns. I gotta yep. get ready for yep. this because I'm not. <laughs> see, I see we're getting sidetracked, but we here right now. All right, it's my make it make sense. I get to talk about it. I was in Baltimore where we didn't see snow for four years. Okay. Oh wow. So now I'm out here in Chicago. I'm guaranteeing myself I am going to see some snow. You will. You yeah. will. Like more than that, really, really cold. But it's all right. We just yes, stay I feel like that's probably a top reason for people to get divorced. People who like live in the freezing cold, they're like, you know what? I, <laughs> yeah, they're I, on top of each other all the time. There's no <laughs> <laughs> shut up inside the house. <laughs> oh my oh my goodness, that is great. So we talked about age a little bit. 
And the median age for marriage was 32 for men and 30 for women. So we won't even play over and under because I believe you said you were married in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. I was. Do you mind giving us the age? I was 24 when I got married. Yeah, I had to think about it for a second. But yeah, pretty young. Pretty young. Okay, so you were actually one year off of the sweet spot. So there's like a sweet spot that that couples who marry at 25 are 50% less likely to divorce compared to those couples who marry at 20, 20 to 24. But those who marry after the age of 32, the divorce rate increases by 5% per year until the age they are wed. So it's over for me at this point. I just, I, I did the calculations. <laughs> it's, I, I'm getting close to 100% likely that I, if I get married, <laughs> going to get divorced. So it's, oh, it's, oh my gosh, this is such a doom and gloom episode. It's over for me. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Now we're going to kind of get into the money piece. Actually, no, I'm going to give some other statistics before we get into the money piece, because that's where I'm hung up on. All right. So there's <laughs> divorce rates by ethnicity. All right. So the data shows that the divorce rate for white couples is 15.1%. Hmm. The marriage rate among those couples is 32%. The divorce rate for black couples is actually double that. It is 30.8%. Hmm. And the marriage rate is 17.3%. And the divorce rate for Hispanic couples is 18.5%. And the marriage rate is 33.2%. So I found that interesting when it came to some of the ethnicity piece. I really wanted to know how does that work with biracial couples? Like, I wonder where that kind of falls into yeah. the line for our listeners out there. What do you identify as ethnicity wise? What do I identify as? Yes. White. white. Okay. So was your husband white as well? Or yeah. your ex-husband? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I, I found it very interesting and it probably plays into some of the monetary piece that we're going to get into because there is a piece about the poverty line. And what that does to the divorce rate as well. So going back to my number one, all right, the seven thousand <laughs> plus another seven thousand plus whatever you put into the wedding, you're gonna end up broke. You gotta be a little bit more prudent about who it is that you select. Okay, so divorce rates by income, money is a leading cause of marital conflict. Yeah, that I knew. So I didn't think so of that when you said money in your list. <laughs> Okay, so did, in your experience, did you experience conflict over money in your in your marriage? In my marriage, that was not an issue, no. Okay. But I do know that that is the number one issue, and that it's it is very interesting because I work now with clients who are all divorced dating women, and it definitely is an issue that comes up over and over again with dating, and it it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable issue that people have to think about and when do we talk about that and all those things when you're dating the second time around. Yeah. And and that was the point that I was trying to make in this episode. HLS brought up JLo out of all references. The, the <laughs> lady who's been divorced maybe the most, it, he brings up Love Don't Cost a Thing, the song, as the reason why my number one is wrong. And I, I totally don't understand it. And 
as you said, I think it's that uncomfortable conversation that people don't like to have because I think people look at love and I'm in this fairy tale world because I mean, that's what you're given, right? Snow White, Cinderella, fairy tale, fairy tale. But really the hardship that actually comes with being in a union, uh, especially when it comes to money, whether you're not holding your own weight or your couple is not holding your own weight, it's stress, it's stressful. Yeah. Uh, so how would you guide people to get over that stress? Well, first of all, it's so funny because in my book, I literally have a chapter called How Cinderella Effed Me Up. <laughs> Look at that. See what right <laughs> yeah and it's all about how we were raised on these fairy tales and that's not the reality and it's not helpful some of those messages that we were given in those fairy tales and i think if instead of just saying money for your number one you had said the ability to talk about money or openness to talking about money you might have won then Thank ah, you. okay. So that's the part that I left out. You know, I was still kind of shell shocked about it all. So I just yeah, yeah. And by the way, with the statistics I've read about second marriages, is it's between some studies say seventy five percent, some say up to eighty seven percent. So oh. it is really high. So I understand that 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 did throw you. So, and, but I think the point is, is that you don't necessarily need to have money in the bank, but you need to be able to have conversations about money with someone when you're still dating, you cannot wait until you're married to have those conversations. That's, that's a, asking for a world of trouble. And you need to make sure that you're in alignment with your partner on monies and your value around money and around spending. Because if one person's really spending and one person is not, you're going to have a lot of conflict in that relationship. And it gets old quick. And for HLS, he's like the most frugal person I know. So I can't even believe he's quoting J Lo. Money don't cost a thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So this statistic says the divorce rate steadily decreases from 40% to 30% as income increases. As a couple's income increases, divorce rates tend to decrease, but only to a certain point. Once a couple has a household income of around 200,000, divorce, divorce rates remain steady at around 30%. Are you surprised by that statistic at all? Or you think like, yeah, this is pretty spot on. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that statistic. And I would say probably because I'm a social worker by, you know, career. And so, and I worked for many years in, in the inner city, actually in Chicago, and poverty is stressful. I mean, that is just, it just is. And even like, just paycheck to paycheck is very stressful. And when two people are very stressed in a relationship, they're more likely to take their stress out on each other and snap each other, you know, snap at each other and bite each other's head off and all those kind of things. So it can lead to a higher conflict situation when the two people are more stressed. And it doesn't matter. I mean, money is a big stressor, but it could also be you have a child with illness or you have in-laws you're taking care of. Anything that is going to put a significant amount of stress on the two people in the relationship is going to lead to a higher conflict relationship. Absolutely. And now getting to that statistics that we kind of teased earlier, it said divorce rates are higher among couples below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a surprise to, to anyone to hear that, but living below the poverty level can cause enormous stress, which can have consequences for a marriage. One study found as many as 46% of adults aged 18 to 55 who live below the poverty level have divorced. So no shocker here on that one. 
Right, right. I think the other thing is, is that what happens in a lot of divorces is that one or both of the people think that their happiness lies in the other person. And so they get in their head, well, if I just change the person, I can become happy. Right. And that's the fallacy that leads to divorce. And so particularly if you're living in that kind of situation, you might think, well, the reason, you know, that we're in this extreme poverty or the reason we can't get out of it is the other person. Right. But even I think most divorces, that's a huge problem is that one of the other person thinks, well, if I just change the partner out, then I'll feel happiness on the inside, you know, because they're basically saying that the other person is responsible for my happiness or my unhappiness as it might be. And that's just a false, you know, reality. That's just a a fallacy in their thinking because happiness comes from within. Well, it comes down to accountability and ownership and kind of taking ownership of your own things there, which leads me to a sidebar question. Couples therapy. Do you think that it is worth it or is just a waste of time and money? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I think it absolutely can be worth it. I think it can be amazing. I think it can repair a lot of marriages. I think most people don't really know how to talk to their partner in sort of vulnerable, open ways. I think most, a lot of people don't know how to set healthy boundaries. So maybe they feel like their needs aren't being met, but they might not have also ever sort of voiced their needs very clearly or set boundaries when their needs were being um, pushed aside. And therapists can help with all of that. And so I think it can be really great. I think if one person is invested in it and the other person isn't, it's probably going to be a waste of money. You really need both people on board, willing to do the work. You can't, if one person goes in willing to do the introspective, you know, self-awareness work and the other person isn't, then it's still not going to work out, although the one person will do better on the other side of a divorce yeah. and attract in a healthier relationship the next time. But yeah, so that's what I would say about couples therapy. Nice. Thank you for sharing. So my next statistic actually is more of a guessing game for you. I want you to guess what is the most expensive divorce that has happened? What is the dollar amount? Oh, what is the dollar amount? Oh my gosh. Well, I was shocked to hear 7,000 because that sounds really low to me because <laughs> I live here and everything's expensive in Chicago. But so, I mean, it's definitely over a million dollars. I bet there's been divorces over a million dollars. Yeah, way over a million. Try $76 billion. And that was Bill and Melinda Gates. For oh, $76 well, I guess billion. Yes. None of us have Bill Gates money, but I guess. <laughs> That right there, I was like, wow, 76 billion. Wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Which HLS was definitely saying get the prenup, which a statistic on that 15% of married couples report signing a prenup. Did you sign a prenup uh, for your marriage? No, we didn't have any money. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to sign away. That is, that is like, I'll move my two fifty, my two hundred fifty dollars into your bank account with your five hundred dollars. Okay, great. You know, so. it. we make it, we make it happen. <laughs> now, are you looking for love? Would you get married again? I am open to the possibility of getting married again. I have found love since I've been since actually after I wrote the book about, and the book is literally called "Find Love Again." 
but I hadn't <laughs> found it at that point. It's more Look recent. At laws of attraction at work. We just love this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because the one thing I do talk about in my book is that when you change on the inside, you attract in something different on the outside. And I really advise my readers and my clients, don't worry so much about what's on your dating profile or you know, how your hair and your nails and all, but really focus on doing the internal work to clear the things that are blocking your heart. So what a lot of you guys had on your list, you know, the sort of the past baggage, the heartache, the fear of being vulnerable again, do all of that work and your person will just show up. You don't even have to work so hard to put yourself out there. It just kind of happens. I have some really great stories along those lines. And then I realized wait a minute, this actually might happen to me. My person, my guy just found me very sort of serendipitously. And after me sort of being on this book tour, doing these podcasts and talking for a year about do the work and your guy will find you. And then it actually happened to me. (laughs) And your guy found you. So I want to touch upon two things. One, if you do consider marrying him, would you sign a prenup this time around? I think that I probably would. I think that because I know the statistic about the finances (laughs) and all of that, that I think that a prenup, people look at it like, oh, then you're assuming we're going to get a divorce. And I think that as a 50-year-old woman, it's just smart to be sort of clear that I'm just going to keep kind of our finance stuff separate because you know, I have my stuff, you have your stuff, you know, I have my own business. I have a lot of like sort of complicated pieces and it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't trust you. It doesn't mean I think we're going to get a divorce. It's just that I think that this is the smoothest way to kind of go about our finances. I don't feel that I would ever sort of really intermix finances again, the way I did when I was in my (laughs) twenties. Nice. Nice. So You brought up this uh, one point that I honestly, I bring this up in an upcoming episode that will be releasing soon. And I actually wish I thought about it for this recording. And you talk about working on self and the process of working on self. I think that really one of the biggest things you need to bring to the table is resolving your own childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a big barrier in relationships, those unresolved childhood trauma that you're now bringing into the relationship and you may have a partner that's like, wait, I don't know what happened. Like, what, why is it that I'm getting this heat? And a lot of it comes from unresolved childhood trauma. Do you, do you agree with my statement? Uh, and oh, if going wrong. Oh, okay. hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. That's all the work I do. That is, that's everything. You just encapsulated it. I just do it with this tool called EFT tapping where I have my clients tap on their own acupressure points. And when you do that, it sends a calming signal to the fight or flight part of your brain. Because when you are thinking about, you know, when the childhood trauma wounds, when the childhood wounds get triggered, you go into fight or flight. And that's literally why you either pick a fight with your partner or you flee, you withdraw, right? And so when you can tap, it sends a calming signal, it kind of shuts it off. And I always say it's like pouring water on the fire of an emotion, but it can literally clear out 
these childhood wounds at such a level, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I was just a regular talk therapist for 20 years. And then I found this and I'll never go back because it's amazing what happens. Get out of here. Wait, so, because I'm about to go with work. I need to know, wait a second, where am I tapping? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's nine tapping points and anybody can go to my website at learntodatelikeagoddess.com and find them. But it's, you're tapping on the side of your hand here. Just tap along with me real quick. You'll see what it does. Okay, and you kind of say a statement, it's practitioner led, or you'll say it to yourself. And it's basically, you'll say, even though I have this such and such problem, I accept myself anyway. And you say it three times. Okay, even though I have this third place problem, I what is what is the rest of it? I accept myself anyway. Okay, I accept myself anyway. Even yep. though I have this third place problem, <laughs> I accept myself anyway. Even, even though, though I say, even though I came in third place, even though I came in third place. And I'm really bummed out about it. Oh, and I'm depressed. I'm depressed about it. <laughs> I expect myself anyway. I, you know what? This might be working. <laughs> now this. go to the inside of the eyebrows right there and just tap and just say, I'm depressed. I came in third. I'm depressed. I came in third. Now go to the outside of the eye. I'm depressed. I came in third. I'm depressed that I came in third. Under the eye. I'm so depressed about it. I am so depressed about being in third. Under the nose, I don't understand why it happened. I don't understand how I got in third. Chin crease, I don't understand it. I don't understand why I'm, I'm in third. I'm depressed about it. I'm depressed about being in third. The next point is called the collarbone. It's actually under the bone on either side right there. Oh, really? And just keep tapping. A little dense, yep. Yeah. I'm depressed okay. about it. I'm depressed about being in third. Okay, next one is under the arm, just along the rib cage. I'm depressed about being in third. I'm depressed about being in third place. The last one, top of your head. I'm depressed about being in third. I'm depressed about being in third. Can I do like a combo deal where I'm like doing you the rib? There's no real like super oh. rules. And now you're going to just stop and take a deep breath. Oh, man. Okay, how do you feel? Allison, you, you, you have unlocked something right here. Now you have to go through the whole routine. It's not just one. You, you got to go through it all, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you go through all nine points, but you do one round just like that. So you kind of like tune in. So like how depressed do you think you were feeling before we tapped on a scale of one to 10? I, on a scale of one to 10, I was probably at an 8.5. Okay. So now what would you give it now? I would say I'm at a four. I'm I'm at peace right now. I, I've had a great conversation with Allison, who was giving me a great tool. So I'm loving it right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually happy that I'm in third place because if I wasn't in third place, <laughs> I wouldn't have discovered any of this actually. So I'm turned around. There you go. Look at that. So this is actually what it does: is it extinguishes the emotion and then it creates a new neural pathway because now you're thinking from your frontal lobe. You're like cognitive, you know, the more higher cognitive functioning part of your brain. And so you actually think of like ideas like that, that you wouldn't have thought about before. So let's say your partner keeps triggering your childhood wound of not feeling good enough. You do the tapping work. Now that one takes a little bit more than one round, right? That takes yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yes. Kind of got to get into it, but you maybe tap on just a handful of childhood memories where you felt not good enough. You were picked last for the team or, you know, your parents said something hurtful or whatever. You tap on those memories. Suddenly, it goes away. The emotions that's paired with that go away. And now 
you're in your relationship with your partner and you're suddenly looking at them like, oh, they're so lovely because, you know, they're not triggering that wound anymore because now you do feel good enough and you feel, if you don't feel good enough, you can't accept the love from someone else because it kind of butts up against your own internal subconscious idea about yourself. But if you feel good inside and you feel good about yourself, you feel good enough, you can accept the love of another person because you're like, they're right. I'm lovable. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, I love it. So we're going to close on this last statistic, which is over 70% of couples report not understanding the realities or stages of a marriage. Now for you, when you went in, do you feel like you truly understood? Or actually, let me read a little bit further. A yeah. lack of knowledge about what marriage entails is one of the leading contributing factors to divorce. In fact, 72% of couples reported they didn't fully understand the commitment involved in marriage before they tied the knot. And many divorced people said they were surprised their partner changed over their marriage and were unable to personally cope with new problems that arose over time. So when you married, do you feel like you truly understood the commitment involved in getting married? I do feel like I did, but you know, in all fairness, I'm a psychotherapist. <laughs> by training. So, okay. so, you know, they teach us that in school. So I do feel like I did, but I do not feel like my ex-husband did. And that was a big part of the problem. And I, there was a point in which he even said to me, well, I just feel like marriage, marriage should be like Christmas every day. It should be all happiness, sunshine and roses. And I was thinking to myself, like, what, why on earth would you think that? Because <laughs> he's, he's watched many Disney love stories. That's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So Allison Jane, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to give you some time to go ahead and brag about yourself and what it is that you do. So go ahead, tell the people out there, what is it that you do? All right. Thank you. So I am a midlife dating coach for women. So I do specifically work with women dating after divorce. And my approach is different from a lot of other dating coaches out there because what we do is we do work on what's going on with you on the inside, your fears of what might happen in another relationship, your shut down heart, the reasons why dating is scary or why you have all this negative thinking, there's no good men out there, that kind of stuff. That's what I work with women on. My book is called Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess, because it's all about empowering women to date from a place of strength. And in the book, there's EFT tapping scripts. So you learn this technique that we just went over and you learn how to apply it to all of your negative thinking and dread feelings about dating and divorce. And I always offer listeners of any podcast I'm on can go to my website, learntodatelikeagoddess.com and download a free copy of the book if you're interested in learning more. Oh, very nice. Because I was like, all right, I got to go purchase this book. So there we go. We're going to put all that information into the episode description. Normally, we don't post the video portion of our memes, but I think for today, we are going to post that on YouTube so you can kind of follow along with us as we went through the EFT tapping exercise, which was absolutely great. Allison Jane, now actually going through this episode and these statistics about money. Was I totally off on my list? <laughs> well, like I alluded to before, I don't think you were totally off, but I don't think it's concretely money that they need, but they do need some good wisdom and intelligence and ability to talk about money. All right. Makes sense to me. Remember the entendre. Makes sense. It makes sense. It's a, you know, <laughs> 
sense. But now you don't care twice anymore anyway. Yeah, there you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you again, Allison Jane. Thank oh, you to Maria Romano, who is our fantastic guest. We just made it made sense on the My Five Cents podcast. If you are still listening, please, please, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a follow, shoot, give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. We appreciate all the love. Oh, I will say good night to Singapore. To our listeners in Singapore, good night.